Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
And we'll talk today about wisdom for living. You believe it's a good idea to be wise in your life? Absolutely. As a believer, I, I think that's a good thing to do, though, don't you? You know, really, our aim in this week's message is to discover and apply the wisdom that God gives us from His Word to our daily lives. Amen? Amen. Yes. You know, probably all of us at one time or another have asked God for wisdom. I do it quite often. Amen. Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your help. I need you to give me some direction. We may need to make a decision concerning something on our jobs. Maybe it's a family issue that we're dealing with. We need God's wisdom. Maybe just a difficult situation that we're facing. How many face difficult things? All the time. That covers us all in here. Amen. Difficulty. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen. That's a good thing. That's a good promise from God's Word. But we also may have wondered if God would really hear us when we cry out to Him and provide that wisdom that we need. Have you ever thought that way? That's good. Amen. That's good. You don't want to think that way. God always gives us what we need when we ask Him. He promises to give us wisdom. Church, come on. Amen. If we ask Him, that wisdom may come through, you know, His written Word. Somebody say amen. Amen. It may come through a friend. It may come through the leading or prompting of the Holy Spirit within you. It may come from a pastor or someone ministering in a position of authority. But God will give us wisdom when we look to Him for it. And uh, whatever the means, the wisdom ultimately, whoever it is carrying it, it the, the wisdom comes from God Himself. Amen? Amen? All believers will also face, we'll see here in James 1, temptation. And a better word for that here in the context is trials. Well, we're all going to face trials difficulties, as well as temptations in the traditional sense. What we do during these times determines how victorious we're going to be in our Christian walk with God. You know, a lot of times we face things and, and get involved in situations that reveal where we're at spiritually. Amen? And God will use the situation to teach us to overcome temptations or trials that we face. You know, today's message is going to focus on, hopefully, how God's wisdom can help us through difficult times and hopefully help us to overcome temptation. I say hopefully because we need to apply it. Amen? Right. We need to walk it out uh, in order for it to be effective. It won't happen by itself. Hopefully, we'll get it and be able to apply it. Amen? And as we look at today's message, allow the Holy Spirit Church... To use God's Word to help you live a victorious Christian life. We need wisdom for living. Before we begin, let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be here with your people again this week. It is a great privilege, Lord, to be here with my brothers and sisters, Lord. It's a privilege to serve alongside them here in this community and our families here together that we, Lord, are your people. Father, I in and of myself as your servant can do nothing. I cannot bring life. I cannot make your word alive. It is alive. Lord, I need your anointing to teach, to minister your word to this people. Yes. Without which I, 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 I'm helpless. Lord, anoint me, Lord. I thank you for doing it. I thank you for your anointing upon each ear to hear and each heart to receive. Plant your word in us today. Bear the fruit that you so desire in each of our lives. Help us, Lord, where we need help. Give us your wisdom today. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. We'll look at three points today. I don't have a poem, but we'll go to three points. How's that? Without the poem. In James 1, beginning in verse 2, we'll look at wisdom for tough times. You know, we live in a society and a culture where often in the religious arena, we're told that if we're a believer or a Christian, everything should be smooth sailing. We shouldn't have any trouble. Everything should go well. How many have experienced that as reality? It doesn't work that way, does it? How many's life is a walk in the park? 
is a tiptoe through the tulips. How many have a tough slog ahead of them seemingly every day? Amen. Come on now. Well, God has wisdom for us as we go through these tough times. And I think we'll see tough times are part of, they're really part and parcel of the Christian experience. Somebody say amen. Amen. James uh, 1 verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy. I'm going to read from the New International Version today because the King James is tough. It's a little tough on this passage here in this chapter. So he says, To count it pure joy, my brethren, whenever you face trials of many kinds, King James will say diverse temptations, but count it pure joy, when you face trials of many kinds. That's James, the brother of Jesus, writing this. Hello, the Apostle James. Been smoking some good dough, hasn't he, huh? Come on, man. <laughs> Preach, I don't believe he said He said that. Sure, that guy's crazy. <laughs> well, what did he just say? Come on, kid. Level with me now, man. Do you just count it pure joy when you go through all kind of hardships and crazy stuff? I know I don't. <laughs> count it all joy and you're going through problems. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, man, I got everything. The, 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 everything's falling on me right now this week. I'm just going crazy. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is great. Huh? <laughs> Smoking something. <laughs> or they know something we don't know. That's right. He's walking on a whole other level. He's wanting to communicate a, a, a spiritual reality and truth to the body of Christ that they have no comprehension of or understanding of. Count it all joy when all hell breaks loose, when everything goes wrong, when I'm having one problem after another. I mean, the car done broke down, the, the, the family's got sick, the baby's crying, the dog bit me on the hiding when I came home. I mean, everything's going wrong. Count it all joy, you got to be out of your mind. I just lost my time. <laughs> but isn't that what he says? Why can't he say that? Because God, the God that has redeemed us, has saved us, is sovereign. He's in control. So if He's in control, the only thing that can come into your life or touch your life is something that He must permit. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Amen. I heard that. It's on the tape. Amen. If, it, if it's... Somebody says, well, you know, I don't understand why these crazy people and this person is giving me a problem and this one is giving me a heart. Must be you need it. Huh? Must be you need it. You know, I get in the car. It seems like my wife, she'll tell all me. Come on. I get in the car and that's like my biggest area of temptation ground, man. I mean, I want to kill everybody, you know. If they, you know, if they had on the dashboard one of them like torpedo buttons, yeah, man, I would be launching, you know, just him. Take him out, out of the way. I'd have one big nuclear button just if I needed it. Boom! Don't look at me all holy like it. Y'all like I can't believe he would do something. You, you probably the same way. You've been driving down the road, going to church, you know, shaking your fist. Oh. <laughs> Pull in the church parking lot. Hey, brother, how are you glory to God? Praise the Lord. That jerk is... We probably need it, right? What does that reveal? Every time I get a car, it reveals I need growth. I need change. I need maturity. I need patience. I need psychiatric and spiritual help. Seriously, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Because everybody is crazy. You got idiots and jerks and fools right, right out there, right? 
Amen. Or am I the only one that... Amen. But of course, I'm not one of those. Uh... Oh, no, I do say, you can't say amen, say what? Oh, me, right? Come on. It says here, count it all joy because you know, verse 3, that the testing of your faith develops perseverance or works patience. Uh-oh. How many patient folks we got in here? Ain't no but God, none. Amen. We're not patient. Amen. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. Be a mature believer in Christ. Look at verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who generously gives to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So there's a promise right there. If we have a lack of wisdom, then we need to ask God for wisdom, and he'll give it to us generously. Now, either he's telling you the truth, right? Or he's telling you a lie. So what do we need from God? When we're in a situation where things are kind of spiraling out of control or gotten out of hand, we need His wisdom. What does wisdom really mean, biblically speaking? What is it? You ever thought about that? You know, I thought about Of course, that's how I am. I'm a person who thinks about things like that because that's just how I work. You ever looked at the gifts of the Spirit? There's nine. How many know that? And there's two of them. One's called the Word of Knowledge and the other's called the Word of Wisdom. You know, I was but why, why is there... Because we use the word wisdom in our vernacular, our vocabulary in our culture sort of demean very similar to knowledge, right? And it really doesn't mean that at all. Sort of like, well, why did God have nine gifts? He got one of them, the word of knowledge, and because He didn't have any other gifts He could think of at the time, He just kind of threw one in there that was similar called the word of wisdom. No. They're different. And the biblical said knowledge is information, of course, obviously. Many would say, and I've heard this many times, that wisdom is the correct application of knowledge to a situation. That's wisdom. Well, to a degree, that's true, but that's really not what the wisdom of God is talking about. It more deals with His determinate counsel concerning the future or His will for your life and or His kingdom that you fit into. God's determinate counsel. His wisdom is, is this what God wants for me in my life? When you're in a situation and you don't know how to talk to someone or you don't know how to act or react, and you say, well, I need your wisdom because you don't want to give somebody wrong advice or you don't want to tell somebody something that's not correct. You don't know what to say. Sometimes it's best not to say anything. Come on, we'll get to that later on. But we need wisdom. We need to know how, how does this, how do I fit in with this? How does this person fit in with this? What is your will? We need your wisdom. When we look at things in that light, we begin to realize we need God's determination. We need His wisdom for our lives. It's not just a matter of knowledge and how to apply it. No, 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 no. It's way more than that. In other words, I'm in a trial or you're in a trial. Pastor Jerry, I'm going through this situation in my life. Can you give me... I don't give out advice in the sense people think. We pray about it, number one. We look to God's Word, number two, for wisdom. And then we try to apply the wisdom of God to our situation when we get and hear from God. Not everything is the same. I mean, know that. There are different circumstances. And when someone's going through a trial, often you, you, you need to look, and if it's you going through the trial, is why am I in this trial? You know, I can tell you one thing I know. No matter what it is that you're going through, and you can be facing death, that's probably the strongest we can deal with, right? It's for your good. Amen. It, it's for your own benefit, whatever you're going through. Somebody, well, I'm going through this situation with this other person. Well, why are you going through something with this other person? What, are you, what is God wanting to do in you? What is he wanting to do in the other person? 
What does he want to do in the situation? See, there's, that's why we need wisdom. Because there's something going on. Amen? Come on now. In our regular, everyday living. See, we like things to work out our way. All the time. All the time. What we think is this, that, and other. How many know your, your wisdom only goes so high? See, your wisdom and my wisdom reaches up to here. God's wisdom is, is way beyond that. So we have to get His perspective on the picture that we're only seeing. We, we only go so far. And we run out. We're like, I don't understand this. It don't make no sense. This is crazy. We, we start losing our composure, getting upset. Come on, am I the only one? And we're like, what's going on? I don't get this. I don't. Lord, I need your wisdom. He'll take you up a little higher. And then you'll say, oh, okay. You might not like what he shows you, but it'll always be for your benefit and for your best. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Wisdom for living. That's what we're talking about. Tough times. Because it's not, are you going to get in tough times? It's a matter of when. And if you're like me, you might spend most of your life, come on now, in tough times. I don't understand. I mean, how come I can't have like smooth sailing? Because you'd be screwed up, man. You'd be a messed up individual. How many kids have you ever seen? Come on now. That parents don't give them everything, just just did everything for them, give them everything. What kind of kids are what kind of adults are they? They ain't worth a they ain't worth a nickel. Straight down. Amen. Am I lying? Come on. You gotta be hard on kids. Come on. Amen. Yes. Gotta put the boot on them a little bit. That's right. Clamp them. We used to call it clamp down all that. Clamp down. How many, how many like that? How many like that? No, no, you don't like what people say. What kind of what kind of home did you grow up in? It was tough at times, man. Take no guts. But I needed it. I needed it. What kind of parent is God? He gonna let you slide? You'll slide on your own account, but He's gonna hold you accountable to what you slide into. But he, he will, if you allow him to, if you allow him to disciple you, you will end up in a good spot. Amen. Those trials, those difficulties that you're facing, he's going to turn around and work for your advantage, yes, for your good. That's why he said, James said, count it all joy. He was, he wasn't, he wasn't smoking nothing. He was high on the Holy Ghost. Man. He understood. He learned. You know how I learned? Probably the same way you do. The hard way. Right? The hard way. How many times you gotta get hit in the head with a frying pan when you realize I got a duck? Come on. If any of you lack wisdom, that that includes me right there, amen. Now look what he says here. He qualifies the statement. So he says, well, I got saved. I believe in Jesus. Everything's good. I don't have to do nothing. Is that, is that real Christianity? No, no. Look what he says here. But when he asks, verse 6, he must believe, he must believe, okay, and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything of the Lord. So then we have to ask believing and in faith Amen. that God's going to give us what we need. And if we don't, we're, we're, he says we're double-minded and we're unstable in everything we do. But he qualifies that. So we need to ask in faith, believing God is working in our difficult times. Come, somebody say amen. He's working in our trial. He's working in our circumstances, no matter how difficult they may seem to be for our good and our benefit. And He will give me wisdom to navigate through it when I ask Him. Amen? And I'm going to believe. I'm not going to waver. I'm going to believe. How many believers we got out here? Come on. That, what's the nature of a believer? To believe. <laughs> Some people say, I'm a believer, but they don't believe anything the Bible says. You know. If you're a believer, you believe. Amen? And we will apply it. And look what He says in verse 12. I'll drop down there. And we're looking at facing trials victoriously. And we should look to the eternal end rather than the temporary situation that we're in. Because all things we're in today are temporary. Amen? 
Blessed is the man who what? Perseveres under trial. King James says endures temptation. Okay, that's he's really talking about trial in that sense. Blessed is the man who under who perseveres. What does it mean to persevere? It means to make it through. To make it through. It means you gotta go through a process to get from one side to the other. Because when he has stood the test, notice he didn't lay down, he didn't quit, he stood the test. Amen. He will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. So how do we get the crown of life? Just believing in Jesus? That He died and rose again? We persevere. We stand in faith. Believe it. We go through the trial of life. Life is one big trial. You can look at it like that. Come on. Does He give it to everybody? Well, I thought it was... You gotta make it through. You gotta believe. You gotta persevere. If it was just given on the basis of given, what do you gotta persevere for? What do you gotta what do you gotta stand for? What do you gotta fight for? What do you gotta make it through something for if it's just yours for the taking? You earn it. Does that mean you earn your salvation? No, you don't earn your salvation, but you earn your walk with God by obeying Him and applying it and making it through. You you receive His approval and your crown. How many want a crown when you get to heaven? Amen. That's why do you want a crown? I'll tell you why. You you know you know what took what right ahead of me there, brother. I was going to say, why do you want a crown? So you can just have something that looks good and you can just look look at me. So you can have something to lay at His feet. That's right. Amen. 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 Because whatever we get from Him, we couldn't have gotten it apart from Him. Amen. And it'd be pretty bad to get up there around the Lord and not have anything to give Him. Because we, we decided, well, we're just going to just believe and do nothing. want to make it through and part of that is overcoming trials. Now let's get a little further into the trial here and we'll see that it involves some things other than just circumstances. We'll see that God will give us wisdom to overcome trial and temptation. Look at verse 13. When tempted, now we're kind of looking at it as a as a typical Understanding of what temptation is. You know, if you're a fat guy and you walk by a cream puff donut, you have a tendency to be what? Tempted. Okay. Now you understand, there's something. Cream puff. Now you know, if you're one of them ladies, how many, how many ladies like fashion? All of them do. You know, they don't have to lift a hand. We know that. And you're walking down at the mall. Come on. And you're walking by the shoe store, you know, and you see that nice setup. <laughs> I like those shoes. They really, you know. I've got 300 pair of them at home, but I need another one. I need another one, you know. Temptation, amen. But look what, he, look what James says here. Let no one say when he is tempted, verse 13, God is tempting me. Now why does he say that? He said, goes on, he says, For God cannot tempt, be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. Well, wait a minute. He doesn't tempt us or, or even test us by temptation. You say, preacher, I'm a little bit confused because you kind of intimated that sort of he kind of does. Well, let me let me explain myself. Let me make it clear, biblically speaking. He is sovereign God, or he does, he, he's in charge, right? He does what he wants. He doesn't answer to anybody. He's the sovereign of all his creation. He permits you to be tempted or to be tried. He permits you. He doesn't do it himself. Somebody says, oh, that, that, that sounds like double talk. Explain that. I'll try. Come on. 
That's why I pray, help me, Lord, because I can't do it on my own. He has to make it real. God doesn't tempt you with evil or sin. He doesn't uh, do any such thing. But He sees a value in you being tried. What is temptation or but a trial? What is that trial? It's to see what you're going to do. Now, if He's God, and I believe He is, and one of the attributes of God is omniscience, He doesn't need to tempt you to know what you're going to do, correct? Because He already knows He's omniscient. But what does the trial reveal to us and to others? Where we are in the world. Where you're at. Where you're at. You know you don't know where you're at? You really don't. No, I don't. Till you get in a situation. And then we'll find out where you're really at. You know, I haven't even heard that say people can talk a good talk, right? Come on. But you gotta do what? And how do you find out whether somebody can walk the walk? You put a you, you you let the heat come on them and the trial come on, and then you find out where they're really at. And they find out where they're really at. You know how many of you, like myself, been in a situation and you just failed the test completely? I know I have. I'm like, man, I didn't realize what I did. I say you just drive around in the car, you find out what Christianity you really got. That's <laughs> Two deacons be out there fighting each other in the parking lot. <laughs> Lord, how you doing, brother? Good to see you, brother. I can't stand there. Good to see you, brother. <laughs> So that stuff happens, man. Goes on, and then, you know, it, it reveals incidents, things reveal where we're at spiritually, and God allows. But we're not tested by God. Now, here's how how we know, right here in verse 14. But each one, everybody say each one. Each one. That's 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 me. That's you. Is tempted or tested when by his own evil desire. Everybody say own desire. Evil desire, I should say. He's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, that's a mouthful, but that's, that tells you everything you need to know. When, <laughs> when a baby is conceived, new life begins, correct? When it's birthed, the new life is here. And then it lives a life and then it dies, correct? What he's saying here as it relates to temptation is the same process. It's conceived inside of you by your own evil desire. Now, King James used the word lust, and what do we do with lust? We always throw sexuality onto that. Because that's what our English language does. And it will encompass that, maybe a lot of that, but it's not just meaning that. The evil desire could be pride, greed, maybe you oh, tell a lie to save your own hide, or do it. You can go on. Any sin and every sin is an evil desire. And where is that evil desire at? Well, you know, the devil, he's, he's the devil's doing that, ain't he? The devil, he, he, he. I mean, no men like to do that. It started in the garden. You know, the serpent, he, he gave me to eat. He enticed you, but you ate. Right? So in us is evil desire. Amen. Remember Paul in, in Romans? The things that I want to do, I can't do. The things that I don't want, that's what I end up doing. Oh, wretched man, who, who shall deliver me from this? And he talked about walking in the Spirit, putting to death the, the desires of the flesh. Amen. That's the way of, of life. And James is talking about how when we're tempted, it's not, it's not God doing it. It's not even the devil doing it. Now, the devil will play on that. He, will, he, he knows your nature too. 
He'll play on the desires in you and tempt you. Remember, He's the tempter. Amen. But your temp tempted is coming from you. That's it. And it has to be conceived. I remember going to church as a young believer and it was talking about uh, all these different things and seeing, you know, how they... And I remember as a young believer, the preacher was talking about fornication, uh, lasciviousness, and evil concupiscence. I said, man, I didn't know, I didn't know what none of that stuff was. I, didn't, I better go down the altar and get saved again, because I've probably done all of it, you know, just to be safe. <laughs> And then they, we hear a message on this. I, I said, yeah, I'm glad I'm not like that. Say, I don't do that stuff. I'm pretty good, you know. The preacher got out that book. He was talking about Jesus. said that if a man even looked upon a woman with lust, he's already, I'm like, I'm dead meat now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in serious. I'm, in, I'm going to hell now. Let me get saved again. I'm going down there again. Help me, Jesus. Well, what was Jesus saying? He's re James is really reiterating the same thing. Sin is not in the action. It's in the... It's in the intention. It's in the... Jesus didn't come make religion easier. He just made it impossible. See, the Jews were always, well, yeah, we don't commit adultery and fornication. We don't do that stuff, but you think about it all the time. And you're guilty of hellfire. Hello? I'm like, I can't, how do I? Because sin is what? In you. In you. So what is the temptation and the trial then? Why does God allow you as His child to go through these because he wants you to own up to the fact that, yeah, I, I can't do this. I am in trouble. I got issues in my life. And he this temptation or trial is bringing it out. What do I do with it? Do I succumb to it and, and, and lay down and, and let it run over me? I learn to persevere by relying upon the Holy Spirit. I learn to do what Paul said, crucify the old man in the flesh and walk in the Spirit. And if I walk in the Spirit, I will not what? Fulfill the desires of the flesh. For the flesh wars against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. So that I can't do what I want to do. So where are Christians and believers at today? When we get saved, we're born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, we love the Lord, and we find ourselves having to deal with issues of sin and unrighteousness just like everybody else. What's the difference between you and the non-Christian? You have the new birth and the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's not in the can-do, it's in the want-to. Do you want to live for God? Do you want to be a righteous person? Do you want to do what's right and be holy and, and live right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do. It's in the can-do, not the want-to. Well, I'd do this if I only could. Well, you can. That's right. Greater is He that is in you than He that's in the world. Come on, man. Man, I'm preaching pretty good right now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Come on. We just breaking it down to where it's at. Amen. Yes. This is how we need to. You know, we need to persevere. God doesn't tempt us. The the the, the what does the trial do? It reveals what's in us. When you take the old gold out of the ore, what do you do? You begin to melt it down. What rises to the top under that fire? What comes to the top? Impurities. Gold's heavy. It goes, it settles. But the, it, the, the impurities come up and they ladle that off. And the only thing you have left is what? Pure, pure gold. What's the gold before it's pure gold? It's all mingled with silt and soot and, and trash and debris. What brings it and separates it? The fire. The fire. The fire. Trial. What, what, what brings the gold out in you? Trial. Amen. Testing. Amen. Count it all joy. 
To change you. Do you know when we come to Christ, come on now, you're a filthy, rotten, nasty thing. And I'm talking about myself. Do you know that? A lot of people don't know that. See, that's the problem. If we knew that, we wouldn't have near the trouble we, we have today. If we really knew that, people spend all their whole life trying to hide how simple they are. deceived as yourself. Really? Oh, you know, uh, 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 let me present myself as some holy do-good. Well, you know, you're crazy. That's all you are. You're just crazy. God accepts you and while we were yet sinners, Christ blessed us. How many was a sinner? Well, when you was a sinner, was you was there anything good in you? Paul said, I know in me and my flipping, there dwelleth no good thing. So he accepted you in that. Now when he saved you, did he make you superman? No. <laughs> no. You still just as nasty and rotten and ugly and everything else. Come on now. Still got sin nature. He didn't change his sin nature not one bit. Now he put his nature in you. There is a difference. Come on, I'm not minimizing that. But that new nature is infantile. You're pretty good at being a sinner. <laughs> You've you, you got a lot of practice today. Come on, by the time you come to faith, you, you're real good at being that. So you're walking out of here, I'm saved now, glory to God, and all of a sudden these things start trial. You go from one trial to another, it seems like, right? Come on. God said, well, I'm going to change you, child. I'm going to work on you. I'm going to take Kent. From this old lump of coal here, and make him into a diamond. Thank you, Jesus. How do you do that? You got to fly the what? So I put the heat and the pressure on him. Come on. Put the trial on him. We we going in this trial where we start squealing, you know? Oh, 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 oh my life is going crazy. I I can't take it. The devil's chasing me all over. We blame the devil for everything. Us, it's crazy. And God's just saying, I love you. Look to me. I'll give you the wisdom, my counsel, my counsel to get you through this. Hold on to me. I'll change you as you move through it. And you'll become more like Christ. Amen. And when people see you, they don't see crazy you, sinful you. What do they begin to see as you walk with God and allow Him to work in your life? They see a little Jesus. They see another Jesus. Come on. Man, what's different about that? Not that you go around talking different. Initially, you to be Christians talk religious, but what they, they don't act no different than anybody in the world. Come on. Oh, I see he's meddling now. Better move on now. Come on. Sin ultimately leads to death. And if we live a sinful life, we're going to die. We'll hasten our death. We'll, we'll hasten our death. That's what sin does. It's conceived in the mind and in the heart. It's birthed in our actions. And then ultimately, if we live sinfully, we're gonna, it's, it's going to kill us. How many know that? You know, that sin does kill It'll kill you. It'll tear you up. Uh, but what does God say here? Look, let's, let's look at the good part here, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the what? Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So variable is neither shadow of turning in Him. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of, what's that word? First fruits of all He created. He chose to give us new birth. He chose to reach down into our sinful lives right there where we're at and change us. He chose to give us a, a new birth. 
Who chose? He chose. He chose us. We're the chosen. The chosen generation, the royal priesthood. Look at verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteousness or the righteous life that God desires. That's one of my biggest problems right there. I get mad as a hatter. Yeah, and I do speak <laughs> when I should shut up. Yeah, Hello? Oh, me. What, you see the wisdom in that? What good is it to get angry and spout off? What does it accomplish? Nothing. Nothing. Deeper. deeper. Yeah. It gets you in deeper trouble, doesn't it? Usually, you know. Let God. Why, why, why does He tell us to be quiet? Because really, God is in control. Amen. Yes. To get mad and upset and scream and holler and get angry is showing us that we're not trusting God's in control. That's great. He is in control. He is sovereign. We can trust in His plan. We can trust in His determinate counsel, His wisdom. You know, we look at our society. That should upset you as a human to see what's going on in our world. Amen. And it does. But, don't get too upset when you see justice and unrighteousness seemingly have the upper hand. Because why? It has to go that way until God can make a difference. And it's who's going to make the difference? God is going to make the difference. We do what we can in a righteous way, but we trust God. He is ultimately in control. He setteth up kings and He does what? He removes them. He's sovereign over the nations. Amen? And uh, we can see His plan prophetically come about, coming about in our time and in our day. It's only a matter of time. It's in His time. And it'll, it'll work out for the good of the entire human race. So I say amen. Unless you're an enemy of God, but you ought to fear anyway if you are. Come on. You ought to. Because God will judge the, the unrighteous. Thirdly and lastly, we, we have wisdom is our wisdom for living is also obeying God's word. In verse 22, he says this very clearly. That seems like a very direct statement, and it is. It's as direct as you can get. But we need to apply it. We need to make it real in our lives. And we need to, it's like where the rubber hits the road. Come on now. Do not merely listen to the word, James is saying, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's, that's blood. Can a Christian deceive themselves? According to this book. And that, that one verse is very... That, I mean, can we need to interpret that? I mean, it, 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 just, it just says what it says, right? That's right. Don't listen only and deceive yourself by just listening. Well, I, I, I went to church. You know, I heard the Word this week. And somehow we go home, we think, well, I did my thing, I showed up. Did you apply it? Well, yeah. that preacher up there, he was, he was talking to Robin the whole time, wasn't he? He, was, he, had nothing, he wasn't saying anything to me. It was awful wrong. She needed to hear that. I know he wasn't talking to me. I've been around this thing a long time. I know all what's going on. He was, he was I've had people, I mean, it's been a long time ago, I've had people pull me aside after service. I know you was talking to me. I'm like, no, I really wasn't, but if the Holy Ghost said so, you better take it. You better take it. Deceiving ourselves. What do we deceive ourselves over? 
do you fail? When you go to church or you're in a, you're reading the Word, particularly in a public like we are here, when, when God's Word is given attention to, we need to give deference to God's Word. It's His Word. It's not my Word. <laughs> I didn't make it. I didn't write it. It's His Word. And we need to realize, here's, here's my application. Here's what I do. I don't care who's preaching or I've sat under many, many ministers. All of them are good, but I mean, I've sat under many. That's the Word of God. And I'm there to hear the Word of God. And I need to realize that it all applies to me. All of it. And I always approach the Word of God in service. Lord, what do you want to say to me? I even preach His Word with, Lord, what are you saying to me? Because once we think, I, I don't need this, or I've got this, or I understand this, you, you, you've deceived yourself already. This word is to think, I, well, I got a handle on that pretty good here. You know, I think I know you in deep trouble. Uh, God will have to deal with your pride issue. <laughs> and it may come through a massive trial to get you down to where you're humble. Come on now. Amen. Yes. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I need His Word every day. I need His Word just like you do right now. I'm, I'm dependent upon the Word of God. I'm needy. Come on now. See yourself as needy and hungry for the Word, and God will speak to you. God will help you. He'll work in your life. He'll bless you in your endeavor. Look at verse 12. I want to back up there. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. He will receive the crown of life. And, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. 23. 20, I want to go to 22 here. Okay, uh, we're not to merely listen, but we're also to do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word and does not do what he says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. What do you do when you look in the mirror? You see yourself as you really are. I mean, no mirror don't hide anything. I, I thank God when you get older you lose your eyesight amen there's a good reason for that amen. thank you Lord I've been looking in the mirror sometimes I just take my glasses off yeah you really looking good today brother put the glasses on it's like oh, well, I done lost more hair this week what's happening it's getting better okay. I got a couple more wrinkles over here. What's up with the wrinkle thing? You know, the gray is just taking over everything. I, 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 don't, I don't think I want to look at the mirror no more. Let me just... Mirrors show you every detail, won't it? You can't hide nothing. That gone, that's a fact, dude. Uh -uh. <laughs> you know, when you're young, you're like, let me get naked here. Look at this girl. It's all yours, baby. <laughs> Just think of it as your candy man, girl. Now I get out of the shower, I'm like, oh my God. I done got a, I got a polar bear got loose in the, got loose in the bathroom. Somebody get the gun. Shoot that thing. My Lord. Said, but preacher, what are you talking about? How does that work? You know, you go in, you, you look at the the mirror don't lie. How many don't like I don't like mirrors, brother. I don't want to see that mirror. Get that thing out of here. I'd rather think of how I look in my mind. I look good in my mind. The mirror, man, it don't make me I don't like that. It's too it's too real. So when we get in the Word and we hear God, God's Word exposes you like that. You're like, man, I really am that way. You know, I need to, to watch my, I got to watch my anger. I got to watch my, where my desires are being placed. I got to watch my, I got to check this. Then we got the part on. Nah, that's just. I just shoot. That ain't nothing. 
God needed that, not me. I didn't need that. He, 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 he's got issues with that. I'm good. We just throw the mirror out. You know, we got rid of the mirror. I, I'm good. But look back in that mirror. That's what God's Word is. Some people don't like it. That's why they don't like the Word. Why do you think people run from the Word? Why do you think churches that are called false churches get away from the Word? They're not telling people the Word. Why? Because the Word is like holding up a big mirror. And then looking at yourself in that mirror, you're like, I don't like what I'm saying. Tell me something, preacher, I want to hear. Tell me I look good, not bad. Well, I ain't trying to tell you one way or the other. You look the way you are just by looking at His Word. Don't look at me, look at His Word. What's that? If the shoe fits? But you know, as believers, as Christians, we should want to see where we're at. We should want to say, all right, I need help here, Jesus. This is what, I got, I got a problem with this. Lord, help me to overcome. You know, one of the things about God is He don't lay it all on you at one time. It'll say, well, you know, Dave, you got 52 problems in your life that are just drastic. And I'm going to deal with all 52 of them all at one time. Dave said, ain't no way. I probably got three or four. You might have two. Probably got 152. Come on. I got 1,052. But he'll, he'll, he'll say, Jerry, let me deal with this right here. Then when that we get done with that, and we're like, okay, I'm pretty good. I made it through. Thank you, Lord. And boom, we had another one. Crisis. we got to deal with that. Well, how many things you deal with in your life as a believer from one week to the one month to the next, one year to the next, one... Now, some of us will take God as dealing with an issue in your life, and we're like, we'll, we'll run from that. We'll put that on the back burner, you know. And it doesn't go away. You just keep dealing with it. Yeah. You think, well, I, I got away from that. God ain't going to mess with me on that. Well, He'll bring it back out. You don't get away. Amen? Come on. He'll bring you through. But we need wisdom, right? Come on. We need His wisdom to understand to know what he's doing. Why does God point something out in your life? Why does a man point out a fault in your life? Because they're critical, right? Or they they just men. Men do that. Try to make himself look better, right? How many like people that point out faults? You like being around people like that? No way, man. I won't be around anybody like that. Usually people that point out other people's faults, what? You got a lot more faults than the people that are pointing out. Hello? When God points out a fault through His Word in you, what's He trying to do? Is He trying to make Himself look better? He's God Almighty. He don't need to do nothing. He's in love trying to show you how to correct that. So that you can be a better person. And what's his wisdom for to be the determinate counsel of God for your life so that you can become the person he designed you to be that he wanted you to be to be like Christ that's why we go through these issues that's why we need his wisdom to help us navigate do you think anything comes into your life by chance no. anything nothing what do you say about having the hairs of your head numbered you better number mine quick because I'm losing a hole. <laughs> so my girl I said, I'll be combing my hair, but a bunch of them fall out of me. I'm like, my Lord, what happened? They about to catch up to you, brother. <laughs> catch up with Robbie back here. Robbie, he just shaves his off, though. He's, he's styling. He's styling. I'm balling. I'm just losing it. You know, he he, he can grow him out anytime, right, Robbie? Huh? Come on. Huh? Uh? <laughs> Amen. Look at verse 24. After looking at himself in the mirror, and the mirror does what? It shows us what we look like. If we look at ourselves in the mirror, we go away. That's just talking about the guy who's listening and not doing, not doing what it says. We go away after seeing ourselves in the mirror and immediately... Everybody say immediately. Immediately. Forgets what he looks like. 
Now, when I look at myself in the mirror, when I come out of the shower, we got one in full length mirror too. You know what I mean? I see myself in all of my radiant glory stepping out of the shower stall. I'm like, oh my God. Help me, Lord. The boys come out of the vent. There's no help for you, son. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. That part is moving apart from the other part, and it should be all together, but it's not. That is not very, that's not very, and immediately I like to forget what I just saw. Hello? Now can you imagine, you walk in the mirror, ladies, and you look in the mirror and you say, I just want to remember this all day. Maybe when you're about 18, I got home. Yeah, well, I was 12. You know what I'm saying? Let me just look at this. No, you like to forget. Now what is God saying in James here? He's saying, that the man who is not doing the Word, doing the Word, remember that phrase, is like looking at himself in the mirror, seeing what he looks like, and then turning around and forgetting what he just saw. So in other words, when you're in church, you hear the Word, and you're like, man, that's good, I, I understand, I, I, Lord, I need to get that. And then you get in the parking lot, and you start here, and you know, forgot everything you heard. Come on. Or you've dismissed it, and that's what—that's an act of the will. He said, "Nah, I don't—I don't think so. not today, not now. Later, I'll do that later. Procrastinate, whatever it is. It's gone. You miss out. What happens? You're gonna go back through the same trial over. Have you been in the same trial? That's it. It's your fault. No, go ahead. Come on." I don't know about you. you. I get into the trial. I want to get over this trial and, and, and let me get through this. Come on. So I'm tired of it. It's going to learn my lesson now and, and pass the test so I can move on. And you know what? There'll be another one. Amen. You can't get away from it. But we can count it all joy. And what John, uh, I'm sorry, James said, count it all joy. Now, let's close on this. The man who looks intently into the perfect law, that's the Word of God, that gives freedom. Notice that. The Bible will make you free. The truth shall what? Set you free. And He continues, is that a verb? I'm no English teacher. Somebody help me. Continues, that's an action word, isn't it? Yes. <coughs> to do this, to do what? To keep looking into the Word. Not forgetting what He has heard. Notice that's another action word, right? But doing it, you got to do the Word, He will be what? Blessed in what He does. Everything you do, you're going to be blessed. Why? Because you're applying the wisdom of God for your daily living. And God's going to bless you because you're cooperating with Him. You're becoming what He's ultimately calling you to become. By looking into the Word, responding to it, and keeping it in front of you, Saying, okay, Lord, I'm not going to forget what I see. I need to make some changes. Amen. Maybe I'll stick to that diet if I keep looking at that gut. Come on. I don't want to look at the gut. Thank you. Give me the donut. What's going to happen? We're in the same situation over and over again. Come on. Getting a little heavier. Getting a little bit heavier. The gut's getting bigger and the donut ain't changing. Come on. That's still good. That's the problem with sin, ain't it? There would be no enticing if there wasn't pleasure in sin. How I many know there's, there's pleasure in sin? Did you know that? There's sin is, is fun for a little while. What's that scripture say, uh, sister, concerning Moses and, and forsaking the Egypt? The pleasure of sin is but for a season. You say, just a moment. Righteousness is forever being changed, being made what God wants us to be. You know God's Word is true, and it's the true source of wisdom. Amen? It really is. You cannot separate God from His Word. You know, during this message, you may have thought of situations in your life where you need God's wisdom. I hope you did. I hope you do. Maybe there's a circumstance 
that's going on in your job right now. Maybe something in your family or a conflict with a person that you know. Ask God to give you wisdom. Read the Bible. Let the Holy Spirit direct you as you seek Him for direction and help. Look to Him for wisdom. As we read earlier, He will give it to you. He'll not hold it back. Perhaps you're plagued by a temptation that just continues to trip you up in your life. God wants to help you live victoriously. He's provided everything we need to overcome temptation, church. We need to do what? Obey His Word and allow the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom that we need in order that we can live victoriously in Him. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.